0: Creepy people. This is p and
1: Haunts and Homicides. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Cassie. Together, we explore stories of the paranormal and true crime throughout the Pacific Northwest. For each episode, we do a tarot reading to help us gain some insight on the topic as we share the facts of the case and our interpretations. You can find our episodes featuring true stories from infamous cases such as the misdeeds of Boeing,
0: as well as lesser known true crime cases like the murders in Tunnel 13
1: as well as our spooky stories from Pike Place and Raven's Manor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you'd like to listen. Have Have a a creepy creepy ass day! We We are. We are.
0: We are Cultivate. Cultivate.
1: Cultivate. Cultivate.
0: Cultivate.
1: Cultivate. We are Cultivate.
0: Latinos and the like the pick the worst nickname (laughs) like seriously
1: (laughs) like well let me tell you I used to dress like like a tomboy and um because I dressed like a boy quote-unquote boy they started calling me Pepito and to this day that is one of my nicknames I'm still Pepito hi everyone this is Christina and this is MJ and this is another episode of a Spooky Tales, the podcast all about the spooky and sometimes true crime, which is what we're doing today. We're, we're going to Panama virtually. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, because we have not done Panama stories. I forgot to get a listener story. Let me pull that up really quick. God, I feel like that's fast. Do we usually say other things? I have no idea. Hmm.
0: sometimes oh well sometimes they have a little chat
1: that's true i guess oh you know what we did our we did our little chat before that's why (laughs)
0: Mm mm-hmm
1: uh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, let me um bring up the listener story. If you have any stories that you want to share on the podcast, email at spookytales at gmail.com or you can send them to us on any of our socials or you can even share them on Discord. That works, too. Everything is linked in the show notes. My favorite way to receive them is email. But, you know, I will take them in any form because we love receiving them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So let me bring this one up. All right. And this was actually sent in Discord, and I'm very excited. Thank you. It was a long time ago, and I just forgot that these were in the Discord. (laughs) So now I'm scrolling back to them to read them. So this goes. So this was when I was 12 years old. I lived in a two-bedroom apartment with my sister and mom. My mom had guests over, so they stayed in her room, and the three of us stayed in mine and my sister's room. My mom is Buddhist, so she had one of those shrines in the living room with lamps and everything. We slept with our door open, so the light peeked through a bit. My sister slept on the bed, and I slept on the floor with my mom. At my feet was a computer table with a TV on top of it. We went to sleep, and I woke up sometime in the middle of the night. I opened my eyes and saw two shadowy figures sitting on the computer table. Ew. They were <laughs> they were browsing the internet. <laughs> I opened my eyes and saw two shadowy figures sitting on the computer table with bright white circles for eyes. Ooh. I was scared, so I threw the blanket over my head and tried to go back to sleep. I opened my eyes a few minutes later and the two figures got closer to me. Oh my God, that oh, is no. straight up horror movie shit. Like, you cl- you <laughs> cover yourself and it's like, okay, they're, f- they're far away and the minute you like look, they're closer. Oh my God, that's terrifying. I would have died right there like my soul would
0: have just (laughs) left my body Mm
1: -hmm. yeah (laughs) I pulled the blanket over my face once more and tried to sleep not sure why but I decided to open my eyes for a last time and next thing I knew the figures were a few inches from my face oh hell no this time I buried my face into my mom's bag and tried to fall asleep a week later I told my sister and cousins what had happened and we went to a priest to tell our story He asked us if we'd done anything different recently or played anything we shouldn't have. My sister and I admitted we'd played with the Ouija board a few weeks prior and he said that was the root of our issue. He asked who the two figures could have been and we concluded it was our two dead uncles who had passed away wrongfully. One died during surgery and the other died from liver disease, came back to life and then died again. Oh, I'm so sorry. The priest instructed us to break the board in seven pieces and we'd be okay. We couldn't figure out how to do it, so we ended up throwing it it away and never saw it again. Haven't seen anything since. That's good, because sometimes throwing it away does nothing. Also, I've never heard of that advice, to break it in seven pieces like that. Well, isn't, like, the
0: number seven supposed to be, like, godly or something?
1: True, there's... Well, like, it's, like, a powerful number. I don't know... Is it godly? Obviously, I don't know anything about religion. I think you know more about
0: it. I have no idea. Um, I, I, I know about a little bit more, but I'm still <laughs> not
1: bad we Catholic. we both have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> but they do say that that is the whole saying. You were saying this. I think it was last episode where you were like, uh, you can send the someone's energy out and it comes or some, yeah. someone's like bad vibes back to them. And it's like comes back to them sevenfold yeah, or whatever. Cause there's
0: threefold, sevenfold and then tenfold. And I, I don't know, like the difference between the three but I heard I've heard all like, you know, it, depending, I guess, on what religion you're from, it's three, seven or tenfold.
1: OK, well, yeah, they're the number seven. So it's got to mean something,
0: <laughs> something, something.
1: But terrifying, truly. Um, Panama, that is what we are talking about today. I I guess I was not aware when it was relayed to me, but I'm covering a a missing person's case from Panama that it seemed like mysterious when Chaz of the dead told us about it. Mm -hmm. But reading into it, it's a sad case. It is a missing case. I don't think there's anything paranormal to it, but he made it sound like there was paranormal. The way he told it to us, because he couldn't remember either from a lot of it. It was like, oh, maybe there was something mysterious behind it. But um it's like it's just a terrifying It's just weird. True crime case that is weird, yes. Um so I'm gonna be talking about um the Chris Kremers and Lisa Froom case. They went missing in Panama. It's a very long, long I have I have a lot of notes, so I'm gonna have MJ, go first, because you have some legends and stories from Panama, yes. and they're a lot shorter than mine. Yes. <laughs> oh, you know what? I forgot, though. First, I have some facts about Panama. All right. <laughs> yeah. So let's do that first. Yeah. So Panama's capital, Panama City, is the only capital city in the world that has a rainforest within its city limits. Hmm. It's called El Parque Natural Metropolitano.
0: Metropolitan National yes.
1: Park. Panama is the only place in the world where you can watch the sun rise on the Pacific Ocean and set on the Atlantic Ocean from the same spot which uh is super cool. Um and the national dish is sancocho, originated in the Azuero region of the country and also apparently and I think this is not maybe not just panama but a lot of places but it's big in panama um they swear in panama that by eating a bowl of hot soup for lunch on the hottest days it's gonna help you cool off but i've heard similar things like eat something hot is
0: that i think is that why your
1: mother said (laughs) (laughs) that's what that's where i was going i think that's why we all make caldo de pollo on the hottest (laughs) day i've
0: done that twice on accident
1: you know that you're a true senora when you find yourself doing it. And you're like, what am I doing? Or Whatever. It's, it's going to happen. But.
0: It's <laughs> but you know, it's weird. I, I If someone told me, hey, you want to go eat pho on a hot summer day? I'd be like, let's go. I'm always down for I, pho. I would do it too. Yeah.
1: I love pho. It's been a while. I got to go back to get some pho. <laughs> Here's one more fun fact. The first person of Afro descent to become part of the European royal family was Panamanian. <laughs> hmm. Her name was Angela Brown. She was born in Bocas del Toro, Panama, and she married Prince Maximilian of of Liechten Liek, I don't know. I don't know how to say this. Lieks, Liechtenstein. 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 I don't
0: know.
1: Liechtenstein. I have I don't no know. idea. And that, I, I feel like that's know. from
0: from a movie. <laughs> what I said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it sounds it sounds inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that happened in the year 2000, making her the first Afro descendant to be part of the European royal family. Also, one more, because this has to do with my my case mm-hmm. a lot. But Panama is the so it connects Central America to South America. Panama is part of Central America and it, it's 64.4 percent rainforest. This is the highest, like the most the country with the most rainforests in Central America. The The rainforest is home to 1,500 known animal species, 10,000 known plant species. And um this includes like the jaguar, the harpy eagle, you know, other animals. Those are the main two that I know. <laughs> and it's the land of uh, the Nabe, Bugle, Guna, Embera, Unan, Bribri, and Naso naso teribe um indigenous peoples this is their their land and i mean as we all know but their land has been under constant threat for logging invasion and ranching and they're like constantly trying to fight for you know land their land ownership because it is their land Um, but yeah so that is some information on panama and go ahead tell us some spooky stories So I looked into uh,
0: the brujas and warlocks in Panama, which are also known as Zangano, singular and Zanganos, plural. And according to legend, they are people who can float out of their bodies, astral project, and cause harm and chaos to their victims. There are ways to find out if you're being tormented by a Zangano. If you hear footsteps on the roof, you are in fact being tormented by a Zangano. And you need to shout out an invitation to this witch or warlock that they come over in the morning and sit down and have a chat, oftentimes with coffee. So the next morning, they will (laughs) knock on your door in human form. And, you know, then you know who it is that's tormenting you. And they really, I don't think they could do much because they're in human form during the day. Oh, and another way of finding out who your local zangano is is if you invite a person over and you put a broom upside down, they will not be able to leave your home until you put the broom right side up. And if you put it, I guess, whatever, they, they just can't leave your home
1: for whatever reason. Oh God. <laughs> it
0: like, kind of reminds you of like vampires, how, you know, they, that you say like, to escape a vampire, you drop stuff on the floor and they're like compulsed to count everything.
1: I forgot about that. Why have we talked about that before? Yeah,
0: I, I I didn't, you know, I didn't just know oh, this.
1: We had a vampire episode. That's And I think you you talked about it in our vampire episode all moons ages ago.
0: I didn't even know that they counted stuff until recently. I was like, that. I never saw that in any vampire movie. But. Yeah,
1: that's so random. <laughs> <laughs> but it reminds they me. They like to count, like count, Cho- is that why count, Cho- count Chocula is a thing? Doesn't he count or no? no? The is count. I think name? that's why
0: the count from
1: from Sesame Street is called the count. Oh shit, my bad. That's who I was thinking of, but I called them Count Chocula.
0: <laughs> count <laughs> Chocula <is not> <laughs> cereal. <laughs> his name is not Count Chocula.
1: Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Does they even sell that oh anymore?
0: I, I have barely ever. Yeah, seen Yeah, usually count Halloween
1: uh, comes back. <laughs> Boo berries and Count Chocula come back during <laughs> Halloween season.
0: Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so they they can't leave your home until you put the broom right side up for whatever reason. They're like I'm staying here. So, and if they can't leave, that's how you know who's the sangano. Because,
1: Interesting. Because they can't leave your home.
0: Um I'm not sure but you would want to trap them in your home, but you do you. True, true. I I that sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in order to protect yourself, you need to wear your pajamas inside out. They will leave
1: you alone. Oh, <laughs> like, I love that. That's, that's such an easy. Fix, yeah, I know. You know. It's
0: like, oh, we 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 don't like this messy bitch. <laughs> let's not let's not torment her. She has enough issues as it is <laughs> wearing her pajamas inside out. <laughs> I mean, fair. <laughs> um, and if you hear a whistle and it sounds far away, the zangano is closed. But if you hear it close, it is far away.
1: Oh, a common thing. Yeah, a common
0: thing. Uh, Finding stories of Azangano was very difficult and not many pop up when you Google. And I got lucky after a few searches. I came across a page called El Portal de Miedo on Facebook. And I didn't check this out, but their page is also linked to a YouTube channel. So if you guys want to check that out.
1: I think I've come across them on YouTube. Yes.
0: Um, I have, I don't know if I have. I might have.
1: I don't remember. If I have, I don't remember. (laughs) It sounds very familiar. (laughs) If not, I've seen the website a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, So this story is posted by one of their listeners named Angel Ramirez. And it goes, It is said that a long, long time ago, there used to be a Zangano in my village. One day, the Zangano was visited by the most beautiful young woman in the village. She had gone to him to look for a solution to her problem. Worldly, she told him that one day a doll appeared at the foot of her bed. When she went to pick it up and throw it away, the doll smiled at her with a diabolical expression. The Zangano told the young woman it was likely that a witch had fallen in love with her. She wouldn't be left in peace until the witch got what they wanted. He recommended that the young lady leave the town and she ran away due to the situation. The following night, the Zangano was sleeping in his hammock and he had woken up to the sound of a loud crying baby. The sound was coming from outside his house. He got up and looked out his window, but couldn't see where the sound was coming from. There was no baby outside. For a while, the cries stopped. Thinking it was all over, he headed back to his hammock. That's when the cries picked up again. This time the cries were so clear, it seemed as if it was in his kitchen. Then he heard it in the living room, then the bathroom. He knew that these cries were not normal. He suspected something more sinister. He chose to ignore the sound and go back to sleep. He knew the witches couldn't do anything to him as long as he was inside his home. But he knew if he set foot outside of his home, he wouldn't live to tell the tale. It is said that later he heard a young woman calling his name while she knocked on his door asking for help, but he continued to ignore the cries. At 3.30 in the morning, the zangano heard a crow picking at the tin roof. He knew that he couldn't look at the witches as those who looked at them fell in love and were at the mercy of their powers. So he closed his eyes and continued to sleep. While laying down, he heard the door open violently. He fell from his hammock and felt as he was being dragged across the floor, towards the door.
1: Oh, my God.
0: That is a no for me. He felt <laughs> as if death was near, but to his surprise, the rooster began to crow, Witches feared nothing more than when a rooster began to crow. It meant that the morning was near, and with this, they dropped the zangano and fled his home. <sighs> The Sangano, fed up with this problem, decided to put an end to it. He got yarn in many colors, prayed over them, and made traps with these for the witches all over his home. The next night, as he laid in his hammock, he knew they would come back. He once again heard the cries of the baby, the pecking of the crow, and the sound of someone sharpening a knife. The cries stopped as the first witch was trapped. Then the crow stopped as it broke through the tin roof, but the last one was tricky. The last witch needed to be baited so she could fall in a hidden trap. When he succeeded, he heard the third witch fall and to his surprise, let out a spine-chilling scream. He waited until the morning to check his traps. To his surprise, the witches were young women with long black hair. To avoid falling in love with them, the Zangano didn't look at their faces. He put them on the terrace of his house side by side with their faces covered. The elders of the town were witnesses to how the witches were like statues during the day. When the night came, the Zangano was surprised to see that the witches had disappeared. The following morning, the woman who asked for his help with the witches returned to town. The Zangano had changed, but he no longer had a shine in his eyes, did not speak, did not walk, the closest thing that could describe his behaviors to what is now known as a zombie. Then one day Whoa. he disappeared. It is believed that the young woman looking for his help was one of the three witches they had taken him away. It's a story my grandmother used to tell me about my hometown. And this is the story that they posted. But to me, it seems like um, Zangano in this case was a warlock and the witches were, you know, something else. And they were kind of like Warlock versus witches and almost, like, using... They were fighting it out. fighting it out and then, like, trying to take his power or something. Because... You know, I got the same sense
1: from it, too. Mm -hmm. Because
0: he was also, like... He also, like, practiced, you know, when he did the traps using the yarn and stuff. Yeah. Weird. But...
1: Uh, That was a good one, though. That was a good one. So, the... Okay, the Sangano was never seen again, right?
0: No, he just disappeared after the young woman. At first, um, the first one that was looking for his help came back, so that's why mm, people think okay, it was okay. she was one of the three witches.
1: I see. Yeah, yeah, that that. Yeah, I thought that when she was knocking the first time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so they all disappeared and were never seen again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Wow. I'd be terrified if I was living at that time. Like, man. The only guy who was precious (laughs) to protect us is gone. They took him. (laughs) Right? Okay, so on to the, um, another story. Panama Legends, El Viejo del Monte. Now, this story is about someone who was scorned by love. There were once two orphans who lived in Panama's countryside. One day, they both came across a woman who must have been extremely beautiful because both orphans quickly fell in love with her. When they both found out about their love for the same woman, the men became extremely jealous and took out their machetes and fought to the death.
1: Oh, God. (sighs) Why? Anyways. Como animales. Like a pair of animals.
0: The fight eventually ended in tragedy. And the one surviving orphan was so overwhelmed by guilt that he ran away to the mountains that hinted in caves. All that for you not to get the girl.
1: At the end, yep. (laughs) As Cardi B said, what was the reason? (laughs) What was the reason, exactly? (laughs) Uh,
0: The surviving orphan, though, couldn't run away from what he did because of punishment for his crime. God cursed the orphan to live an eternity with his guilt. So till this day, some locals say that when the night falls, they still hear the sad man singing or smell his pipe when they walk through the mountains. And when they do, they go to the other way because they know it's the old man of the mountain. And this is very um, similar to the story of Cain and Abel. Mm, mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think if I remember correctly, I could be mistaken. You guys don't come for me, please. I'm pulling this out of my memory and we all know it's not that great.
1: (laughs) I thought you were going to say I'm pulling this out of my
0: ass. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, same thing. My memory is out. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think Cain was in love with Abel's wife, which was their sister. Mm -hmm. And I think that was also one of the reasons why he ended up killing him because he like, I mean, on top of the wife and then the, the, a lot of stuff, he, um a lot of other things, uh, he, Cain was jealous of Abel and that's why he killed him. But it's very reminiscent of that. Third story, I guess, uh, La Pavita. So this story is a bit different than the ones we're used to telling. The story isn't about a girl who was scorned by love, but instead about a young girl who loved to smoke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Legend goes that there was a young girl named
1: Paul. Paula or Paul? Paul. It has Paul? to be Paula. That has to be a typo. <laughs> we'll
0: name her Paula.
1: Yeah, Ooh. I think Paula.
0: <laughs> Who lived in the mountains of Panama. Paula loved to smoke and would smoke several <laughs> times a day. Okay. We go, wow, Paula. Okay. Chimene. now. <laughs> 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 oh, this man. worried her parents who tried several times to get her to stop. They would scream at her and they would and when that didn't work, they would try to punish her, but their attempts were always unsuccessful. Paula continued to smoke until it drove her parents mad. Eventually her smoking pushed them over the edge and they threatened to kill the girl.
1: Oh. That was that escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> there was no there was, inter There was there were steps that could have been taken be- before that
0: <laughs> yeah oh my god and oh, they threatened man. to kill the girl if they ever saw her smoking again this terrified the girl and for a few days paula stopped smoking that was until withdrawal kicked in and her desire for tobacco became unbearable oh <laughs> it's tobacco there's no way
1: <laughs> yeah that, i wouldn't i would not be doing all that for a cigarette okay like wow no <laughs>
0: <laughs> Unable to think of what of ways to get away with smoking, she decided to collect cigarette butts also known oh as pávitas in Spanish. That's
1: why her name is Pavita.
0: <laughs> <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> she would get them off the ground and hide them under some stones near a burner so she can smoke them later when
1: it's <laughs> around. Dear god. <laughs> Pavita, what are you doing? Oh my god.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> Latinos and the like to pick the worst nickname
1: <laughs> like literally seriously like the, the thing you did uh well let me tell you i used to dress like like a tomboy mm-hmm. you know i think i don't think people i don't know if people still use that word but i like i was always wearing oh, same, like same. my atlas soccer jersey a cachucha you know a hat mm-hmm. and shorts and um, because I dress like a boy Quote-unquote boy They started calling me Pepito And to this day That is one of my nicknames no, I'm still you, Pepito No,
0: same thing happened to me But they would call me El niño desmadroso
1: Oh God Okay I like Pepito better Anyway It got to the point Where my children Are sometimes called like Pepito number one And number two But they're actually like boys And they're still Pepito one and two uh, So yeah <laughs> That is funny. <laughs> a, yeah. Ka- Carmen Carmen likes this band called Quesadilla from El Salvador. Oh, it's I lit. love those. It's really good. Okay, yes. you know yes, them. I yes. Know them. And so my dad started calling her Carmen Quesadilla for like the <laughs> longest time. Uh, yeah.
0: That is funny. <laughs> that is hilarious.
1: <laughs> we all have names.
0: We all have names, and
1: then we always and there's always more than just one. Like that's just one of many names. Yeah, that's
0: one of many. (laughs) Like I have a whole list of names I go by. That only my family call me. Like yeah, my my family calls me by my middle name, which is like Juliet.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. That's how
0: people. Yeah, my family doesn't call me by my first name. They call me by my middle name, which is Julie. And that's how you could tell who is. In my family, and who is
1: not? <laughs> I love that. Okay, we're like uh, this is a off to, a little a little to this. It's a side topic. I was gonna say off topic, but it's on topic because of Pavita and the nickname. But I saw this Twitter thread that was like, you have different names, and each one serves like a purpose, mm-hmm. and each one has meaning. And yeah. I think that uh, that falls under nicknames too. Like, yeah,
0: it, I feel like it does. So everybody yeah. in my family calls me Julie.
1: I love that. That's
0: funny. <laughs> And, and right, that's to Pavita, no. Yeah. <laughs> back to Pavita. Oh, my God. I had no idea that's what, like, cigarette butts were called.
1: <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. Wow.
0: Soon it became a routine for Paula to wait to wait for night to fall and for her parents <laughs> to go to bed so she could sneak to the burner and smoke the cigarette butts she hid oh under God. the stones. One day, though, Paula's father caught her smoking the butts. Her father became so enraged that Paula disrespected his wishes that he took a stick and violently beat Paula to
1: death? No, this is so unnecessary. Sad. Unnecessary. Oh my god!
0: From Just that... let her smoke cigarettes. Yes. <laughs> From that day on, Paula's vengeful spirit roams the mountains of Panama, ha- haunting fires in search of cigarettes. And if anyone dares to lift a rock close to a burner, there will hear a persistent noise before encountering Paula, who then picks her cigarette butts but kills the intruder. Oh she's getting revenge
1: yes okay i i was expecting her to just be like a a cigarette smoking ghost
0: yeah like paula buy you a whole pack no buts the whole thing just leave me alone
1: just don't kill me (laughs) paula don't kill me babita please (laughs) wow this legend feels like it's very it's a it's a psa to not smoke yes (laughs) cigarettes
0: I thought she was gonna like I'm like oh is she like me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a few years back when I used to smoke weed all the
1: time. I thought it was gonna be about weed yes and I was like oh I did not tobacco be.
0: Yes. <laughs> not that great, oh my <laughs> not that great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this this is this PSA is a little extra but you know what that's how we that's how we do things. That's how we like things to be extra. <laughs> like I that's what what I expect.
0: That is true because I, <laughs> I like I quit smoking a while back, but <laughs> it's funny. It wouldn't be me for not for tobacco, anyways.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. As someone who did smoke cigarettes, I still would not do any of this. <laughs> wow, that was that was uh, that was a good one to, to end on before going to this horrible true crime case. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to my case, I do want to talk about something. So I've been trying this. I think you tried it too, but the Magic mm-hmm. Mind drink. Yes. Uh, it's supposed to like, you know, make you be more productive, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. You can't tell now because I'm like stuttering all over the place and it's terrible. But, you know, I do feel... More refreshed, less brain foggy, and I think it's great. I've been drinking it. They are sponsoring this episode, and let me just tell you a little bit more about it. It's like a tiny little bottle and it's it's a productivity shot, you could mm-hmm. say. And it has nootropics and adaptogens, and they'll sound like super fun words. But it um, helps you with, like, brain fog, fatigue, burnout, which, like, we all suffer from that. And we talk about it all the time. But mm-hmm. we're... Our brains, they're fried, okay, from all the cigarettes that we <laughs> were smoking. that being before... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. No, but... I mean, no, they're not really fried from that. But, you know, we, we are both uh, busy AF moms. We've
0: burnt both ends of the candle.
1: Yes. <laughs> and In so, this case, the no, like, cigarette. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's been helping. And you know, I wouldn't just take on a random ass sponsor without vetting it first. And yeah I feel like if this is something that you're looking to help with you don't want to drink like I don't know six cups of coffee like me like me like what I was doing before Magic Mind. Now I just have like two cups of coffee and my little magic mind shot and it's been great I don't I don't chug a whole thing of coffee anymore, which is probably better for me. <laughs> <laughs> your
0: kidneys is it is it your kidneys that filter out? yeah well, thank you
1: Is it I don't know. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> It's one of those organs. Right? One of those. Yeah. Um, So if you want to try out Magic Mind, I highly recommend it. They have a little subscription thing where you can just get them so you don't run out and forget to order them. Because, you know, that's another thing we do a lot. Forget stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So um, you could just do it that way. So you can go to magicmind.co slash Spooky and use code Spooky20 and you get 40% off your subscription. And after... I think after 10 days, you will get 20% off, um, not 40% off. Either way, you get a nice little discount using a Spooky 20. Again, that's magicmind.co slash Spooky and use code Spooky 20. And yeah, you know, I totally stand behind it. Um, me too. And it's it's tasty. It's almost like juice, but not as sweet. It's so. Yeah, it's
0: like if, um oh my God, if you're like me and you like making your green juices at home, it's like that um a, yeah st- a bit sweeter though
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah my husband tried to steal mine i was like back away
1: mm-hmm. Your mm-hmm. Own. No, get out of here <laughs> yeah so yeah again that was magicmind.co slash a spooky and use code a spooky 20. welcome to our little haunted break i want to give a shout out to the amazing patrons supporting us over on patreon and especially our newest patron nelly and thank you to the rest of our amazing patrons, Alex and Azriel, Maribel, Gina, Mimi, Diana, Ashes, Anne, Janie, Michelle, Monica, Modesto, Perla, Yesenia, Dahlia, Renee, Iris, Ghostrin, and Madtown Charity. Your support means the world to us. If you want to join the Patreon, go ahead and head on over to patreon.com slash Tales. You'll gain access to bonus episodes. We try to do two a month, but always at least one. You get to vote on the movie night uh, polls where you choose the movie night that we're going to be watching and monthly goodies like stickers. And if you join the highest tier, No Mames, Super Serious Spooky, then you get an exclusive keychain. But don't worry. If you cannot support us monetarily, then you are not missing out on anything. The best support that you can give us is just listening to our episodes here. So thank you for doing that. All right, now we can move on. We can go to this horrible missing case. And I'm glad you you brought that really fun story because this is going to get depressing.
0: <laughs> so sorry to our listeners ahead of time.
1: So sorry. Yeah. And I guess this is a very I don't want to call a true crime case popular, but it is a very well-known case. It happened in 2014 and people on Reddit are so weird about it. Of course, <laughs> It's Reddit. Because it's Reddit. Yeah. But because uh, I was looking for like information on it and then I started going down the Reddit and I was like, I need to go back to actual sources. But there's a subreddit about it and people were like, I'm team foul play and I'm team like they went missing or they had an accident. And I'm like, why are you? This is not a fucking game, you weirdos. <laughs> These are people. Like, oh my God. I, I
0: can't. Okay. Side note. I can't stand the fact when people treat true crime and they're so detached from the reality that this is somebody's loved one in somebody's life because I feel like that happened a lot with the Dahmer series yes and I'm like guys these are that's why I refuse to watch it because um I feel like it exploits it it, it exploits uh, the victim's trauma the family's Trauma. Well,
1: the, um, so the person that Nisi Nash is in the show, I don't know her real name, but she's the sister of uh, one of the victims. Mm-hmm. And she had a whole thread on Twitter about how she they were not confronted about this series. And it's just reliving the traumatic experience.
0: I, I feel like uh, Netflix is just making money off of people's pain and the exploitation of somebody's death and murder.
1: Yeah, if you want to see a really well done true crime documentary that involves the family, which is so rare. But the, v- the Vanessa Guillen,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I am Vanessa Guillen, the family, they were involved. It, it was their perspective and it really highlighted them. And that was beautiful. It's very hard to watch, though, I will say. Anyway, as mentioned earlier, Panama has the highest uh, forest cover of any Central American country. Sixty-four point four percent of the country is rainforest, mm. and um, it's no wonder that so many people go missing in these jungles. In 2022 alone, according to the Undersecretary General, they reported that 444 people have gone missing, and this is just in Panama, all of Panama. Oh my god! And that's people that's people reported missing. I don't. I couldn't find a number for who was found because a lot of times the people reported missing is the numbers higher than the actual missing people mm-hmm. um so just keep that in mind like cuz you know I don't want to make it sound like it's like oh this is a terrible place like I don't know it's not <laughs> mm-hmm. but it is i think it is de- it, it is always important to keep in mind that if you're going somewhere for the first time and you don't have experience like i don't know exploring that jungle maybe use a guide i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't first of all i'm out of shape and i can't go hiking so <laughs> So yeah, um just be careful. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I would Try, not I, guess. I would not go.
1: I would not either. I would stay in the tour, in the city. <laughs> mhm. But yeah, many of these missing cases are tied to the jungle and a lot are women. So, in 2014, two Dutch tourists went missing while hiking a trail known as El Pianista in the Panama jungle. This case received a lot of attention. Still to this day, it has a lot of online sleuths, mm-hmm. you know, being weird about it online.
0: As per usual. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There are a lot of theories behind it. And like I was saying earlier, when I, when I first heard about it, um, I thought maybe... I guess there are some paranormal theories behind it. So I thought it was a little more paranormal. But, you know, after actually reading a ton about it, listening to a ton of podcasts about it, I've come to a, conclu- a different conclusion myself. It's just a tragic uh, case. And again, these are real people we're talking about. So I'm not going to be like, oh, I think this happened. Yeah, <laughs> you know?
0: we weren't there. But and yeah, that's for people who know how to, uh, I don't know, use evidence to solve a case to do not. And that is not me.
1: That is not me either, exactly. But because we are, you know, talking about Panama and this happened in Panama, I'm, that's why I'm sharing the story. And because I don't know, maybe someone doesn't know about it. I didn't know about it, even though apparently it's very well known. But yeah. So, had you heard about it? The when I don't remember what you said when.
0: Oh, I said Chaz it sounds familiar. I might have heard it, but I don't remember.
1: Oh, okay. If I did, <laughs>
0: my brain went <laughs> like delete so, like
1: so many of the things we say. <laughs>
0: It like the when you when I hear the name it sounds familiar. Like I feel like it's mm-hmm. it rings a bell in my brain and like my okay. brain wants to like pull out a memory, but then it's just like no nah, never but mind. But it doesn't
1: know what. <laughs> it's like no nah. Yeah. No, never mind. Yeah, I didn't know about it. So Chris Kremers and Lisanne Froom were two students from the Netherlands. Uh, they had recently graduated and because they had been studying Spanish, they wanted to go to Panama uh, to immerse themselves in the language and do some volunteering. Um, they had a six week trip planned and this was like a reward for Lisanne, Lisanne Froom's graduation. Uh, but they both graduated. Uh, so they arrived in Panama on March 15th, 2014 and they traveled for two weeks around um, Panama before arriving to Boquete, Chiriquí on the 28th of March, 2014. So Boquete is a small mountain town in Panama. It's located in the like most western part of Chiriquí. And it's like 37 miles from Costa Rica. So it, this is like basically on, on the edge. It's situated on the Caldera River. And uh, this is... The like mountain highlands mm-hmm. Um, it's, It has a high elevation It's 39 Sorry, three thousand hundred feet Above sea level And it is a lot colder than other parts Of Panama because of you know The location, the climate, the river All that, the elevation And it is a very like scenic Location, Um, the temperature The environment it, It's a popular tourist Area because of the region it's like it looks like a beautiful place just looking at pictures um, and it attracts a lot of you know people from just from Panapa- Panama traveling but also tourists a lot of tourists and retirees from all over It attracts a, a, a lot of those people so the rest of their six week trip was to take place here uh, there I mean in Boquete and they had arranged lodging uh, with a local family and then on April 1st, they so they had apparently they hadn't told anyone about their plan to go hiking and it wasn't on their journals because they the both of them kept like very detailed journals. They like wrote about everything they were doing. So, um, like on the 30th, sorry, does March have 30 or 31 days?
0: <laughs> Let me see. March
1: um,
0: says 31.
1: So I think it was March thirty first that they they were supposed to do volunteering at like a Spanish sorry they attended a Spanish school and they were supposed to do volunteering at like an orphanage I think and when they went to like the the place they were supposed to volunteer they were turned away because there was no room for them and they were they was disappointing they were supposed to go back another day and um. The host family, the um, they also told them all about what, what they were doing, what their plans were. So they weren't able to start their volunteering and they didn't have the Spanish school on the first. But they also didn't tell like the host family they were going to go hiking or anything. Hmm. And it wasn't in their journals and they kept detailed journals. So those things combined make that's one of the reasons people are like, it's suspicious, right? Mm hmm. But I don't know. Sometimes you have spontaneous plans as a person who literally plans nothing. (laughs) Yeah, I could relate. So I don't know. But so on April 1st, they decided to go hiking on El Pianista and they didn't tell anyone else. And El Pianista, I I didn't mention it earlier, but it is a hiking trail in the Boquete. You know, as I said earlier, this is the very foresty area of of Panamá. So El Pianista is a 4.9 out and back trail um, in Boquete. It has a 2,000 foot elevation, and the hike it starts out very clear. You start out like you know lower, and so it's like farmland. It's it's clear, but the higher you go up, the more de- you go into the jungle. Basically, oh, it's shit. dense jungle but this this is a tourist trail it's one of the most popular trails there so this trail is well kept you know um and so you keep you go up you know it's 4.9 miles and i guess at the time it wasn't very clear that it was an out and back trail so you're supposed to reach the top and then go back you know that's hence the out and back it's not like a loop it's you 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 finish it you hang out at the top if you want and you go back but I was listening to this podcast called Lost in Panama. It's a it's like an eight part series done on this case. And it's like an investigative series by a journalist. She goes there. they, They record themselves basically hiking this and they get to the top. And I guess even now when they went, which was like last year, 2021, they went on this trail themselves. And in 2021, it still wasn't very clear that that's where the trail ends. So... In 2014, when Chris and Lisan were hiking this trail, it was even less clear. So it appears that they kept going. Um, they did not stop and turn back around like they're supposed to. And once you keep going past this trail, it's um, not a tourist area anymore. They're not trails that are kept up um, for tourists anymore. So they're, they're less uh, like only the locals, the indigenous locals are the people that now hike these, not hike, like just travel. This is their normal pathways, right? So it's it's pretty dangerous for like someone who was not planning on hiking past that trail and doesn't, you know, hike regularly uh, and didn't have this plan. Like it's very dangerous to just keep going if El Pianista is already getting into the jungle this is like getting deep into the jungle and so apparently they kept going they ended up deeper into the rainforest so deep that they ended up there's like a the mountain right and then after that it's the jungle that essentially divides costa rica and panama and once you go this deep there's you know small man-made bridges Deep, deep rainforest. And yes, they kept going. They were only prepared for the pianista trail, not for the jungle. And you could see pictures of them. You know, they took pictures along the trail and they're wearing just like shorts and t-shirts or tank tops. Like this is not they're they were not prepared for this at all. Um, they didn't know they were supposed to stop and come back. And um this case, it does have, I mean, I think I've already mentioned a little bit, but it has a lot of conflicting information. There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot. Yeah, just a lot, a lot on this. So some sources said that they had a dog with them, the dog of the host family named Asul. And when you look up the trail, like on TripAdvisor, this little dog, not on a little, I didn't see pictures of the dog, but this dog Azul, he accompanies a lot of people back and forth in a pianista. He's, you know, you know how dogs are in Latin America. (laughs) They don't stay at home. They travel (laughs) travel. and come back to eat and sleep. (laughs) Yeah. So this dog goes with a lot of people all the time. And he, he can be seen in pictures all the time, just going back and forth. Right. So it's some sources say that Azul was with them when they started the hike and Azul returned to the house on the 1st, April 1st, 2014 without Chris and Lisan. But this can't be confirmed because the dog could have like at any point turned around by itself and was just hanging around the town and then returned at night.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, So it's not clear that the dog went up the whole trail with them and came back at some point, you know or even went with them, but the dog came back without them and they did not return on the, the night of the April 1st. So they started their hike around like 11 a.m. And this is like a three hour hike. If you went, you know, the, like the trail, the out and back. And, and so they didn't come back um, on April 1st. And so that was a little concerning to the host family. But they were like, well, you know, the, maybe they had, maybe they went somewhere else. They can't know. So on April 2nd, the next day, at 8 a.m., the uh, young women, they were supposed to have an appointment with the local guide, Feliciano, to tour like a farm in the area. And so he was immediately concerned. And then 7.30 on this April 2nd, um, Feliciano, the local guide, and then a woman from the Spanish school that the two were attending, they went together to you know, report them missing to the police. The police didn't do anything on the 2nd at 7.30. So then at 9 o'clock on the 2nd, Feliciano, the guide, and then the women from the Spanish school returned to the police station again to try and report them missing again. And nothing was done. And so this was a whole day that they they were missing Mm -hmm. officially, right? So the police did not start an official official investigation. They took several days to do so. The local guide Feliciano, you know, he said he completed searches on his own on the third. He went and looked for them on El Pianista. I I think he did this twice before the official police investigation. Him and local guides were looking for them, basically. But these all these searches before the official police investigation um, and even when the police investigated, these were all done along El Pianista on that side of the mountain. No one looked past El Pianista on the other side of the mountain where, you know, the jungle basically divides Costa Rica and Panama. Nobody looked on that divide, like on that side. Mm -hmm. So. Feliciano, the guide, he searched on his own on the 2nd, and then Sinaproc, this is the Panamanian Emergency Services, they did a helicopter search on April 3rd, again, alongside El Pianista. And they, no one searched on the ground, no one official, like emergency services, searched on the ground until the 4th of April, 2014. And Feliciano and other local guides uh, helped in these searches as well. On April 6th, the uh, Lisanne Froome and Chris Kremers, their parents, arrived from the Netherlands along with Dutch search teams and search dogs. And they conducted a 10-day search. Uh, and there's so many dates to this. Sorry. Um, so on April 7th, Sinaprok they used call signals, light signals, and they did this from the 7th to the 11th. Then the search was scaled back on the 16th. Of April, a Cenaproc official stated that if they were in the jungle, they would have been found by now. Again, all of these searches were not done deeper, Mm -hmm. that deep into the jungle. Um, so after the sixteenth, the searches were scaled back, and then they just they were done like they were just very small searches. After that, it wasn't until June eleventh, two thousand fourteen, that an indigenous woman named Irma Mirando and her husband, Luis Atencio, they found the backpack. So the girls went missing April 1st and then, you know, searches were done. Basically, big searches were done for two weeks. And then after that, barely. And then on June, you know, months later, June 11th, this this indigenous couple found a backpack and they turned it into the police. And it was found to be Lisanne Froom's backpack. So Dutch officials and Panama police in their reports shared that the backpack was wet. Um, the inside the contain the stuff on the inside were fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, they
1: were not damaged. But there were conflicting reports of witnesses saying that the backpack was completely dry and clean. Hmm. But there are pictures where the backpack does look pretty dirty and you know. Police believe that the backpack had been floating in the river this entire time. That's what they reported. And so the reason there's a lot of conflicting information... Or not conflicting. The reason there's so many weird theories about the case is because... The stuff inside the backpack were in fine condition. And it's like, okay, how could it have been fine if it had been floating this whole time, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a little weird, yeah. So, yeah, basically... A lot of people think it's it was in too decent of a condition to for having been lost for so long. Inside of the backpack, there were two folded up bras, two undamaged pairs of sunglasses, both of the girls' phones. A Samsung Galaxy was Lisa and Froom's, and then the iPhone that was recovered was Chris Kremer's. They did not look damaged. There was also a digital Canon Powershot camera. Um, without the lens cap and the camera also didn't look damaged a black camera case a 16 gigabyte memory card and then a Lisa and Froom's insurance card and an empty water bottle that's what was inside DNA analysis was done on the backpack and the things inside and there was different fingerprints found on the backpack but to me that so people that think something weird and fishy happened, like foul played, they think, oh, that's so suspicious. But mm-hmm. indigenous people and local guys had been helping with the search uh, for a long time. And it's possible that someone else that wasn't even aware yet of what had happened, found the backpack before, took it and then learned about the case and just returned the backpack like all these things are possible and, and, you know, even a couple of themselves were the ones to turn in the backpack. It's possible that it just, it did go through a lot of hands. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think, I don't think that's suspicious personally, especially because nothing, everything seems fine and in place in the backpack. Like nothing seemed, nobody knows what was in the backpack to begin with. But I mean, like if I'm going through the backpack, I would, and if, if someone suspicious or you know malicious had taken the backpack from them why would they leave that stuff in there <laughs> you yeah, know that's like weird. yeah I'm
0: sorry i had to yawn <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no it's okay <laughs> um so yeah i don't think it's that weird so um their cell phones and the camera were analyzed and it's weird it's not weird but like the the so the pictures there were pictures released from uh their camera and it's haunting to think about because these are the last pictures of them and the last pictures that they ever took right and there's, so the camera had 133 pictures but um the day they went missing April 1st so from April 1st to the morning of April 2nd there are pictures and those pictures are the ones that are like i don't know you look at them and it's weird to look at because you know that that's the last pictures they ever took. It's it's haunting to me. So there was pictures they took during the day where everything still seems fine. And, you know, they're just taking, you know, normal tourist pictures. And then um, these pictures are... 500 before picture 509. So 509 is the last picture before they basically went past el pianista, the tourist trail. Mm. After that there's not very clear paths, you know, the deeper you venture venture in it's the actual jungle. So or more jungle, I should say. And so pictures 511 to 610 were all taken at night and they're seemingly they're like not pictures of they're not pictures you take When you're trying to take nice pictures, right? These pictures are just like so random. There's here. You know, I'm going to send them. I don't know why I didn't send them to you. Let me send them to you, MJ. So you know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, there's just like random personal pictures that you just take.
1: Yeah, in the beginning. And then when you scroll down and get to 511, these are the pictures from the night, basically Mm -hmm. the last night. So they yeah, April 1st is when they were missing. These are around like la madrugada the the i don't know how you say that in english like the morning the wee dawn? hours like yeah like mid past midnight but before dawn oh Does have a yeah. name? early yeah, i don't know, know. That's early the, morning yeah late late i don't know very early on the second april 2nd so april 1st is when they went on their hike and these night pictures are all from like the wee wee late hours or early morning of the April 2nd. So. They're just yeah. They're like trees. The sky. Like they're pictures of nothing.
0: Yeah like scenery pictures.
1: But it's like a ton of dark pictures. Bushes. Trees. Basically like not pictures you take with a purpose.
0: Oh okay. Yeah weird. It's almost like they were like trying to capture. Like okay this sounds. Yeah. Yeah. It's like either they accidentally took the pictures.
1: But there's 133 or 100 something of them, 100 plus of them taken in like rapid succession. So also, so picture 509 is the last one before the divide when they're still kind of on the safer side of, right? And then there's 510 is missing and then mm-hmm. 511 and 610 through 610 are all these ones that are just weird, right? Yeah, they're just um, weird.
0: It's like um yeah. It's almost like they were using the camera as a light source.
1: That's what I thought too. And so to me that that's that's what I thought. So but a lot of people think oh these pictures are like suspicious and they they point to foul play. I don't think they do because like No, it, they, it looks like, like they're they trying ma- to light their way or, their light, or yeah. like a signal. Yeah, that's what I thought.
0: Because it's like, there's way too random. And I'm like, what what would be the reason that you need to take a picture? And the only thing I could come up with is that you need a light source.
1: Especially if they're trying to save their phone battery for daytime to try and make Mm -hmm. phone calls, right? That's what I think, too. So 70 images were taken from 129 a.m. to 148 a.m. And then another 18 from 148 to 207 a.m. And then um, after two o seven two a.m., then there's, like, sporadic pictures and, like, breaks between the images. And there's also one picture that got a lot of discussion because it's the back of a head. And people are like, oh, that means, like, something was wrong. But I, to me, it just looks like she was standing in front of her when they were trying to light their way or something. You like, know?
0: Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. Like, yeah. they were trying to light their way.
1: Yeah, and then there was like people online like saying, "Oh, the hair looks too neat to having been for having been lost," blah blah blah. But you could grab your pic- hair there-
0: multiple times.
1: Yeah, and there's pictures of people that were lost in the jungle came out, and honestly, their hair looks pretty fine, especially straight hair. I think. Um. So I don't. I don't think that means anything. Mm-mm. That I think she was just. They were just. One was walking in front of the other, um. So.
0: They should have stayed put, honestly.
1: Yeah, they always say they do that is like survival tips 101 if you're lost to stay put.
0: Build a fire because maybe? <laughs> I don't know.
1: Rescuers would be able to find you if you are if you don't go further deep. But honestly, they're panicking, they're young. I don't, I, I, it's just a horrible situation. I cannot imagine.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, how
1: horrifying I'd that must have been.
0: Same because I think I'd probably do the same thing. Yeah. I think I need. To go train with the Girl Scouts.
1: (laughs) I (laughs) think that's what it is. I need some survival tips. (laughs) So aside from the camera pictures that were, you know, pulled and released, there was also data from each of their phones. So um, Chris's phone, the iPhone, was used on April 1st at 439 to dial 112. So already that's their hike began like at 11 ish. It's speculated like 11 a.m. on April 1st. So 4:39 p.m. that was the first time they dialed 112, which is the Dutch equivalent to 911. So it looks like they might have already been having some trouble at 4:39 p.m. Um, and then April 2nd it was used again at 8:14 in the morning, and then um, it was that di- it was 112 was dialed again, hmm. and then on April 3rd it was used at 9:33 a.m. to dial 911. This time not 112. And then but I um, thought 911
0: mm-hmm. was an American number.
1: Yeah, right? So aren't they Dutch? They are. Why yeah. would they be dialing 911? That is suspicious. That is a little weird. I think that I think a lot of parts of the world knows 911 and I think either way when you're somewhere Whatever your home country's emergency services is, it'll work. It'll get dialed to the local emergency oh. services number. So, I mean, they were probably just trying whatever after 112. I don't know, but it is weird.
0: Cause I was like, that's, that's, that's weird. Cause that's,
1: that's our emergency. That's, yeah. Yeah. So then, um, April 3rd, the phone was, you know, when you just like click your phone to check if it has signal, but mm-hmm. you don't, you know, so, um, it looks like they, did like a signal check at four o'clock. They didn't try dialing in anything. And they did the same thing the next day, April 4th at 10.16 a.m. and 1.42 p.m. They did signal checks. And then on the 5th again, they did it twice, 10.50 in the morning, 1.57 p.m. On the 6th again at 10.26 and 1.37 p.m. So it looks like they were sticking to these times to check if the phone had a signal. Hmm. And during these times, these checks, they did enter a PIN to check the time or the signal. I mean, on the 6th, no PIN was entered to just to check the phone. So this is just like, you know, when you click the side of your phone and you look, but don't mm-hmm. enter anything. That's what was done on the 6th to check uh, for a signal check. And then from the 7th to the 10th, there were 77 signal check checks with no PIN entered On the 12th, at 10.51 a.m., there was one more signal check with no PIN entering. And then at 11.56 a.m., the phone shut off. So, uh, again, a lot of people online, and especially Reddit, they, they take these, like, no PIN checks as a sign of foul play. But I think if their phone was dying and they didn't want to take the extra steps to enter the PIN, Mm -hmm. I think they were just looking to see if there was a signal. I don't know.
0: Yeah, because what what, what would be the need to enter a PIN? It shows it right there on the screen.
1: Yeah. And then you're not going to try and make a phone call if you don't have signal because there's no point, especially if you're trying to conserve battery. So that was Chris Kremers' iPhone. And then Lisanne Froon's phone was used far less. Her phone on the 1st of april at uh, 4:51 p.m. it was used to cl- to dial 112 and then on the 2nd of april it was used 3 times uh one at 6:58 in the morning 112 was dialed at 10:53 1050, and one fifty-six p.m. uh 112 and 911 were both dialed and this was on the 2nd of april and then on the 3rd, there was no phone call attempts, just signal checks at 1.50 p.m. and 4.19 p.m. And then her phone was not used on the 4th. On the 5th of April, there was another signal check at 4.50 and 5 a.m. And then the phone was shut down after that. Like it lost powder battery and mm-hmm. just wasn't used until it was recovered by the, pol- by, by the investigators. And a lot of people are like, well, why wasn't her phone used as much? It was, I don't know, probably dying faster yeah just still i cannot imagine like the horrifying fear of all this like oh uh, i can't um so when the backpack was discovered along the culebra river there's a culebra river and a culebra river apparently so this is culebra river not culebra which is further down so Chris Kramer's shorts were found a few kilometers away from the backpack. And there was like a rumor being spread that they were neatly folded. But this was not true. They were just found like they washed up from the river, basically. Hmm. And then in August 2014, a pelvis, like the bones, were, was found and a boot. And there was a foot still inside of the boot that was found. Uh, and soon after that, 33 widely scattered bones were located along the river. Through DNA testing, it was confirmed to be Chris Kremers and and Froome. And that's just like, that's so much after that they found them. Mm-hmm. At least there's click closure. Like the family knows that they're not still missing out there, you know, but that's just so horrible. That's sad yeah and uh, the finding of the bones spread even more doubt that this was an accident because Chris kremer's bones appeared to be bleached like they looked bleached these sand bones still had flesh attached to them and so many um there was no like official reason given by the investigators and I could not find one from the Dutch investigators either as to why or how the bones were bleached like it's um from what i I read it looks like. They could have decomposed at different times and just one was longer than the other. um, And but I don't know what explains the bleaching. I don't know if it naturally happens. I have no idea. Does does that that
0: happen with when if it's like exposed to the sun?
1: That's my that would be my guess. Again, we're not professionals here. And there was no official reason given by the Dutch investigators or the Panamanian investigators. Mm. So I don't know. Weird. So the official Panamanian investigation concluded that the Dutch girls possibly fell off of one of the man-made bridges. And these bridges are, like, so scary to try and cross. It's basically a rope, two ropes, and you stand on the ropes and, like, hold yourself across to, you know, um, and and people do travel these regularly, but they're used to it. I would die. Yeah, I would make it. I would not be able to do one of those. The anxiety itself would um, kill me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's what the Panama investigation said, that the they they had an accident possibly falling off of the, one of these bridges. At the At the beginning of the investigations, the Dutch team suspected foul play. But by the end of the investigation, they came to the same conclusion, that the girls had suffered a fatal accident and possibly... If it wasn't one of these bridges, then they possibly fell, like slid down a slope, trying to climb back from like a ditch or something. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's imp- like virtually impossible to do without proper aids. And they didn't have anything. Um, They were not prepared for this at all. Like they were just going to do a 4.9 mile out and back hike. But also many of the locals claim to have been threatened to keep their silence about the case. Many don't believe it was an accident. There were rumors about uh, a local gang. And one of the members of this local gang is the son of the guide, Feliciano. And there was a string of deaths following the girls that Mm. were either members of the gang that said they saw something. A taxi driver that supposedly saw the girls with the local gang. Um, None of this is confirmed by evidence. This is all things the locals are saying. But it just raises, I guess, more questions. It's weird. It is weird. Um, Yeah. And I guess it just sucks more for the families if there's people, you know, saying this because it just, it leaves you basically with no answers. I'm inclined to believe that it was an accident because the, the, the jungles, if you're not ready for them, it's It's how are you going to make it if you're lost and you don't know what's going on? I I, don't think they
0: weren't. They weren't prepared. They didn't have any like they probably didn't pack anything, you know, for survival, like compasses. Anything extra. Yeah. Um, Because they
1: were just going to do that. The aluminum blankets,
0: even that just for emergency water water filtration systems there's just so much like if you don't know how to survive this area and if you weren't taught to and this isn't your natural habitat per se it's tough that's why i don't go out
1: (laughs) that's yeah seriously um but yeah i like at the end at this oh and i mean yeah that was the case of chris kermers and Lee Sanfrune, and like I mean, yeah, at the end, uh, you know, families lost these uh, two young women who just they wanted to travel. And it's just, I I think, an unfortunate, unfortunate accident. And when you when people go to this trail now at the top, there is a what's it called? Like a memorial up there for them with their names on it. But yeah, it's just it's just sad and so scary. I cannot I cannot even imagine the fear. Oh, No. Um, And, you know, it's also like they messed up the investigation big time. The search, I mean, because... They waited. Yeah, and you could see that they were still alive. They were trying to make phone calls. And so if they had searched instead of just on El Pianista, maybe they could have found them. I don't know. But, wow.
0: Yeah. And again, for our listeners, please do not go out into the forest without a guide or someone who knows how to live in areas like that.
1: Yes, especially if you're visiting a new country and you don't know what's, you know, you don't know the area. Yeah, have, yeah, a guide. Um, be, yeah. Ugh. Uh, that is the case. Sorry to end on such a horrible note. Um, I guess. Well, do you have any spooky recommendations this week? Um, no, not really. I haven't been watching TV okay. actually, <laughs> or anything. Oh. Anything? Yeah, I watched this movie called American Carnage. Uh, it's on Hulu. It has uh, Jenna Ortega in it. Mm. And do you remember Paranormal Activity? The marked ones. We watched it for a movie night. So, so I know you watched it. But yes. the guy, not the guy that gets possessed, but the friend. Mm -hmm. he's in it and i loved him in paranormal activity the marked ones so he's also in it um but basically this movie it's a horror comedy it's a little cheesy um so don't go if you're gonna watch it don't go into it expecting like a cinematical masterpiece it takes a little bit to set up but once it's set up and going i'm like okay that was entertaining that was fun basically there's and it it also has political commentary which is super obvious they don't try to hide it um Hmm. so it's like uh there's a governor and i'm assuming he's the governor of texas it's never it's never specified in the movie but that's my (laughs) guess um and he basically sets puts out this order this executive order that uh, all immigrants are going to be detained and then the children of immigrants are going to be detained, atta- uh, detained as well for aiding and abetting immigrants. Basically, it's like a crime. And so they detain hmm. the children of immigrants, too. And then in order for them to, you know, not be sentenced, they are offered a program to be to basically um, help out in a old people's home and when they get to the home, weird things start happening, and it's all part of some very big conspiracy ploy, uh, you could say. <laughs> it's
0: crazy. So,
1: yeah. I mean, and, you know, if you don't know what to watch, uh, it's fun. I had a good time. Would I watch it again? Probably not. But you know, <laughs> it, it was. I mean, like we've said so many times, I'm easily entertained. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> same
1: yeah so yeah it's fun it's fun and I the characters they're all I mean it's you could tell it's written for a horror comedy so everything's a little over over dramatic yeah and the horror parts are not super scary but you know what it's it's a good time I had a good time
0: <laughs> That's
1: um, but yeah uh, is that the end of our episode then I think so okay cool because i really have to pee all right that was a long one yeah that was
0: that was pretty long it's good though oh
1: uh, yeah it was good though um yeah so thanks for listening and i don't know just be careful out there that's uh, and and don't don't um i don't know how to i was gonna try and relate this to la pavita and i can't remember <laughs> what i was gonna say don't
0: burn the two ends of the cigarette like us
1: <laughs> don't be la pavita yeah. <laughs> Stay a spooky, and we'll catch everyone next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to the spooky supporting us on Patreon. Your support means the world to us. And if you want to join the Patreon and get bonus episodes, monthly goodies in the mail, and more, go over to patreon.com/spookytales. A spooky Tales is hosted by Christina and MJ, produced and edited by Christina, and is a proud member of the Cultivate Network. For more podcasts on the network, check out CultivatePodcastNetwork.com. Don't forget to check out our Spooky merch. We have Spooky shirts. We have No Mamas shirts. And we have a cool hat that I just added. It's like a baseball hat, not like a hat hat. Um, We also have a beanie in there. And they just say Spooky on there, but I'm a big fan of the hat. It says Spooky in old English letters, and I love it. I wear it every day. Not because I want to go around repping the podcast, but it's comfy. It's a great hat. You can go to SpookyTails.com slash store. I'm always adding new designs. But don't even worry if you cannot support us monetarily because the most important support is what you're already doing, giving us a listen. If you listen and you love what we do, feel free to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share this with your spooky friends. Spooky season is upon us, so this is our time of year. Stay as spooky!